Hello everybody and welcome to this new episode. My name is Sarah and this is Amsterdamus, the podcast that introduces you to amazing women from Amsterdam. Every day we are confronted with news. Often so many of them that it can be quite overwhelming. But it seems that we often only hear the stories of the same groups of people over and over again. In our world, there are still many people who don't get a chance to share their stories, experiences and their view of the world. Mira Kin wanted to change that and has founded the platform Correspondence of the World, where people from all over the world get the chance to be heard. Welcome, Mirakin. Hi, Sarah. Um, thanks for inviting me. Thanks for having me here. What brought you to the Netherlands? Mm, yeah, so I wanted to understand global challenges, and um, I really wanted to study international studies for that. And as I'm from Germany back then, the only thing you could study was actually international relations. So I really looked for another program and found the one in Leiden. And so I moved from my bachelor's to The Hague and studied the Leiden International Studies. How did you come up with the idea of correspondence of the world? Mm, so within the study program, I actually did an internship in Santiago de Chile um, as a journalist. And um, back then, I also or I still have a friend from this, uh, from this time who studies with me or studied with me in, uh, in Leiden. That was Joost. And he was also at the same time in Chile. And um, shortly after our bachelor's, basically, we thought um, that it needs a program, a platform where we can tell the stories of people that are underrepresented and also with our power um, relations. So such as it is normally with um, journalism, it's often like the majority reporting about minorities, but um, yeah, almost never it's like um, minorities having their own voices. What exactly does Correspondence of the World look like? How do we have to picture that? So it's an online platform. Um, it covers all the regions of the world um, and you can basically click on a country and then find all the stories that are presented there that are told um, it's individuals all around the world and they tell their very personal story um, on SDG topics um, sustainable development goals um, especially gender migration environment now also education liberation and COVID. Considering that you also cover topics that could be seen as critical is it dangerous for some of your correspondents to share their thoughts for example in case of lgbt rights mm, yes i think so um so we also have the possibility of writing uh, anonymously for some it is for some it's not um so very much of course depending on the region you have a thing called tea talks could you please explain what that is Yes, um, so we also do have a community part with correspondence, um, so because it's uh, all about digital stories, which is about people, which is about community, um, and to have actually a platform where we also um, can interact and discuss the stories, we do have the tea talks, and they're like um, organized once a month. And um, we invite always a speaker. It's sometimes a correspondent who talks about their story. And then we discuss it with different people from the network, but also people from outside who are just invited. But sometimes we do even have um, someone invited um, on a specific, like an expert on a specific topic. Like the other day, we had someone from SOAS 
the um, university in London, a professor who was talking about genocide in Indonesia. How do you find correspondence? Mm, so for now, it's really much actually a snowball system. So we started with, um, that was also one of the original ideas that basically I traveled so much and then I met so many inspiring people um, where I thought, wow, their stories are so amazing, so inspiring and no one hears about it. Um, so that was basically the starting point that I reached out to people I knew from, from traveling. But then it turned out to be a snowball system. So more and more people hear about it and then they contact us or they know someone who they find inspiring and then they refer us. Yes. And of course, we're on Instagram as well. <laughs> Did any of these inspiring stories make their way to the platform? Can we actually find them there? Yes, you can. Um, so one of them, I think, my also is one of my favorite stories is from Pabita from Nepal. Um, and she founded her own, so she wrote on the topic of gender and she wrote um, a story about um, how she has been abused as a child, but how she turned this into um, being like um, now an NGO for women empowerment and she's really an advocate and I find her in such an inspiring person because um, so she's in the city of Pokhara and there um, she is helping people with this NGO especially women to develop skills who then can um, leave their for example if they are in abusive relationships and they're not educated it's really hard to leave those um, patterns but um, she takes care of such women and then she teaches them like skills um, like Bullwing, for example, and then they have a little shop. And I found her so inspiring um, because she turned something um, for her obviously heartbroken into something so, um, yeah, like such a story of strength. Did she tell you about the feedback she received after publishing this piece? Yeah, so she is really open about it. She also always says that, um, like, uh, she's a fierce woman, to be honest. <laughs> she always says, like, uh, she's happy to, to be seen to publish, to speak wherever possible. And um, she receives, I think, so um, internationally already a lot of admiration. Like we also partner with, for example, an NGO called um, Female Change Agents. And they also picked up her story after that we have published it. Um, but um, it's also that locally it's really um, a struggle um, because like especially um, conservative structures or sometimes even um, because she goes to remote little villages where she is taking women out or she is doing even like um, health education there or sex education. And then she faces a lot of um, resistance from some men, especially men actually, um, and even the police. So, yeah, she also said uh, that once she has been even hit and then uh, she had to protect herself. Yeah. Why do you think the world needs a network like yours? Because in the news, we always have this bias that is, um, unfortunately, always about crisis. Um, and it's about, like, if the topic is relevant or not. Like, I feel like, for example, I'm from Germany, and I feel like often the Latin American topics are just not as relevant. Um, so we don't really see them in the news. And then it's to totally underrepresented. And I feel like also there's, like, a fatigue of news. So a lot of people, they can't relate to all the bad news anymore. And then they do not have as much empathy anymore or they don't even know what's happening. And I feel like with uh, our network, we really focus on the personal story. So you, I think no matter what story you read from whatever region, you can relate and you can find something similar maybe to yourself even. So um, it's a, an attempt of em um, empathizing with news again. 
but then also, of course, like um, trying to find those stories that are hidden or underrepresented and giving them a platform. Do you also support your correspondents to find the courage to actually share stories like that? Because they might actually be hidden for a reason. Mm -hmm. I think, yes, also. I mean, also a lot of times we realize, um, so we meet a person, we think, wow, this um, would be so good to have on our platform, the story. And then they even feel like, um, but I'm not a writer or who is even interested about the story. And then, yes, I think we do encourage them um, to write. Also, we have an editing team. So it's like a process of two rounds um, and they even help people write who think cannot write. You already told us a bit about your favorite story. Could you also share the story that has been the most difficult for you emotionally or in any other way? Um, yes. <clears throat> There's one story. Um, <laughs> in, in, um, so it's like from a girl who um, it's in India and she uh, was a daughter of a sex worker. Um, you can find it easily also on, in the gender section. Um, and this I just yeah, found very troubling reading myself, of course. Um, again, it's I find it's like an inspiring story because, and I feel like that's a red thread throughout all of our stories. It's still always something um, very positive in it. So it's um, how people dealt with their struggles and with the challenges they have faced from life. But in particular in this story, yeah, I find it very, um, yeah, triggering in a sense because it's, uh, yeah, it's very brutal and uh, a lot of sexual violence. And so, yeah, that was difficult for me to read. What have been the greatest challenges so far for correspondents of the world? Um, so I think we... We were really fast in building this network and collecting stories. I think one of the biggest challenges now is actually to reach um, visibility. So we have this platform now and um, there's this web page, but how many people do actually search for blogs? How many people do find us? Of course, we're on social media, but I think that's still one of the biggest challenges on um, how can we do this more, make this more attractive to people or reach, um, yeah, reach um, more visibility. And I think one of one of the ideas is also um, playing around with different formats. So maybe um, a podcast as well um, is coming up, but maybe also um, like a video format. Yeah. So those are, this is the challenge to solve right now. Are you currently covering the war in Ukraine? Um, yes, we do. So we also have like um, already two stories out um, on Ukraine. We have two correspondents, especially one who's right now in the west of the Ukraine uh, currently. And um, yeah, we are also having a network there. So we're even looking also for other outlets to publish and we have contacts there. How can people get involved if they now feel like they have a story that they want to share or they know someone who has a story that needs to be shared? And what are the requirements to, to become a part of your network? Mm -hmm. So um, it's also different ways to engage. So, of course, um, the easiest or not easiest, but uh, the main way would be to be a correspondent and to um, share your story. And this you can simply do via contacting us. Um, our details, yes, are on Instagram, but also on correspondence, the web page. And um, then you would simply submit a story. Um, we would then be in correspondence and tell you, like, a bit of the requirements it's like not more than 500 words and it needs to be personal but other than that there are not much more requirements and then um, it's running through two rounds of um, editing and then it can be published um, other ways would also be because we have different teams by now um, we also have a translation team 
when we, um, because our goal as well is like to make it again uh, access the stories accessible to as many people as possible um, and this is of course also like in um, yeah, a way to publish it is in as many languages as possible so we have a translation team and we also have an editing team um, and a community team who is actually doing the tea talks for example organizing them so those are also different fields to um, to participate and be part of the network yeah especially with the war in ukraine going on we have all learned how dangerous propaganda can be do you also have a team that does the fact checking mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's, uh, the editors are also doing that. So they're doing like a really uh, good job, um, hard job as well, but they're doing the fact-checking. But of course, this is um, a challenge also, I would say, because it's really focused on personal stories. And then it's really hard also to, to tell whether this is true or not, because um, a person can say, I've experienced it, and it's hard to check. Um, yeah, so we kind of also rely a bit on, on trust, um, but also the... The correspondents, they um, sign a contract with us um, that everything is based on truth. Yeah, And of course, you also don't want to push too much for information and confirmation of facts because you don't want to re-traumatize people that have maybe gone through bad things. Yes, no, absolutely. And also we don't want to give people a bad feeling like, um, yeah, making them feel like we're editing their own story in a sense. How can people support you and your project? Mm -hmm. So there's very different ways. Um, of course, like read our stories, share them, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. Um, but as well, we do have partners, for example. So if you're an NGO um, and you think um, we can partner up, contact us. We do have already some partners, for example, female change agents, where we do exchange stories and our visibilities. But we also do, for example, capacity programs. Like right now, we are um, partnering with an NGO in India. They're called Ad Justice. And there we do um, trainings for them and social media community building. Um, and they are specialized on youth education. And in exchange, we also um, publish some of the stories of the students, of course, only the ones who, who actually want to study, um, their story to be published. Dear listeners, you will find all the information and all the links in the show notes if you need them. Mira, thank you so much for being with me today and good luck for your project. Thank you so much, Sarah. It was nice being here. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in and for supporting this podcast. If you want to support Amsterdamus even more, there are several options to do so. You can check out the Amsterdamus Facebook page and leave a review. Depending on which podcast app you are using to listen to this podcast, you can also rate Amsterdamus there with a five-star review. In Apple Podcasts, for example, it is possible. Of course, you can also follow Amsterdamus on Instagram. In case you would like to give me some feedback or you know a person that needs to be interviewed for this podcast, you can send me an email. The email address is amsterdamuspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again and have a great day.